It's the Black Swan Podcast, baby. We're raw. And welcome to the week four edition of the Black Swan Podcast. Tank Piper here with Rob Antonell. Real quick up top, you know, go check out our YouTube channel, the Black Swarm Podcast. What you can watch us ramble on incoherently, a little bit of film room action, and you know, iTunes, Spotify, all that good stuff. You can find all the links on all our socials, Twitter, Facebook, and all that all that jazz. Brevity's the name of the game tonight and the goal moving forward. So without further ado, let's just get right into it. Mansfield game, Rob, what do we think? Good game. Uh, very dominant performance by the defense. Uh, offense started to click more than the games past, I believe. So uh, I think it was an all-around pretty good performance for us. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. I thought our defense played absolutely lights out, you know, true black swarm football offense. Uh, it seemed to be a little slow going in the beginning, but I think that was more a feel-out process because Mansfield was definitely running some some junk against us. Um you know, all the stuff we saw before, they came out in a pretty standard four-down quarters behind it defense, and they played like a six-down, one-backer type defense against us. I think that's why you saw they had three guys coming off the edge on that first drive. After that, we uh, pretty much stayed exclusively with a tight end and a fullback opposite him to really widen those edges, account for all those guys. And after that, I think it was just like, it was just a slow death for him. You know, we kind of we decided we wanted to run the ball a little more, run it down the throat, test him through the air when we could, and our defense just didn't give him any room to breathe on the other side of the ball. Yeah, defense start to finish was outstanding. Uh, didn't give up anything all game. I think they had, what, negative 30 rushing yards or something like that. Yeah, so here's a little uh, stats for you here. They had less than 100 yards total offense. Um Zero for ten on third down, zero for one on fourth, and after accounting for the yards they lost from sacks, which should be a passing stat, not a rushing stat, they finished with seventeen rushes for negative three yards. Yeah, so the defense was out there shutting them down. Uh, they played a hell of a game. So you know, shout out to the defense, Black Swarm defense, of course. The uh, offense, yeah, I mean, like you said. Starting off, kind of had that free guy off the edge a couple of times. Uh, we added an extra blocker to, to fix that. Uh, so we were still able to run on him. I think we opened up the passing game a little bit more last week. I like to see uh, in the second half, we started getting into some of those shorter passes, quicker, quicking, quick hitting plays. And I really like to see that because I think not only does that help Slaughter get into a rhythm, uh, get warmed up more, um, get confident with his throws but i think it helps our offense too i think that's something that we don't do very often uh last especially over the last couple of years so getting some of those quick hitting passing plays out of the way i think it's good for everybody yeah um you know you'd like to see that a little more earlier on but that's not something you can stay like you don't want to script every game we're going to get so many quick hitters in before we really try and push it downfield because 
that's how you build tendencies. You know, defense, the staff on the other side of the ball, on the other sideline, if they're doing their job right, then they're going to see, oh, they like to open up with a couple passing plays, just quick hitches, little five-yard outs, that kind of thing. And they can start playing that defense up a little more. That's part of what those deep uh, shots downfield do as well. Even if you don't connect on them, you're testing the defense. You say, hey, we're not afraid to attack this way. You're going to have to defend it. Um, it just so happened that at least Mansfield, you know, they played with that with those press quarters looks, and they could get away with that because of the uh, athletes they had out there. Um, Morgan won a couple balls on them and lost a couple too. Morgan. Ooh. Yeah. Morgan 2.0. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Banks, I'm sorry, won on a couple of them, lost on a couple of them. Um, had a couple you'd like to see him come down with. Had a couple passes you would like to see put in a little better spot for him. But he was the one that cut that screen pass and turned to the – that housed it for the touchdown, right? Yeah. So still a dude with the ball in his hand. Um, and, yeah, I thought overall pretty good offensive performance. You know, Trail got another 100 yards in, got a tutter. Uh, I really liked that coming out early with the boot throwback. Um, just something that, you know, like we said, the defense wanted to attack hard off the edge, and that's just something that they had to account for. They had in the back of their mind the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, that was a nice little wrinkle that everybody's going to have to pay attention to going forward. Uh, it's always nice to mix it up, keep defense guessing, like you said. Um, yeah, just our passing game started out a little slow, and that's been a consistency for us is that it starts off a little bit slow. And it seems like we have a lot of screens, tags, and deep shots. Um, whether that's you know the only route that's open or what was called or whatever, it seems like that's the tendency of our of our game. I mean, over the last three or four years, we've been very a very vertical team. Um, with that, slotted percentage isn't quite where you'd probably want it to be. So I think that's why I'd like to see him get a little bit more of those passing uh, short throws in because when we did that, you know, he's connecting, bang, 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 gets himself in a rhythm. And, you know, the one thing that I point out is even when we do those short screens, sometimes that's still a 30, 35-yard throw for him. You know, so, I mean, it's not a short pass. It's 35 yards in the air. Yeah. It's just behind the line of scrimmage. So, um, it's I, I would just want to see him get in a rhythm. And it seems like every week he's getting a little bit better, and we see the potential. Still missing a throw here and there. It's going to happen. You know, I you know he's a sophomore. It's going to happen, right? Uh, he's a high school kid. It's going to happen. But I think when he gets in a rhythm, gets a little bit, you know, gets his feet wet, gets a couple throws under his belt that he's seeing, connecting, feels comfortable with. And also some of those short passes are just, you know, good throws. Mm-hmm. So um, you can definitely see the potential there. I just would like to see that a little bit more, more if not just because of him, but also because I think it helps our offense. I thought it was interesting when we went to that shorter stuff. Um, you, you saw early – that we were throwing out of our with our tight end set and three receivers on the field don't really use the tight end as much in the passing game um but when we when we were doing that we were attacking the field side you know you're on a hash and you're throwing to the opposite numbers like that first third down motion the guy across try and hit him on a quick out route like you said that's you know it might be a five yard pass from the line of scrimmage but that's like a 35 yard pass from quarterback to receiver and he kind of airmailed it Later on in the drive, I think on the fourth down, we mm-hmm. did the same thing, except it was a deeper, like, 10-yard out, which has been a pretty consistent play for us. Then later on in the game, when we were talking about getting him more in rhythm, we lined up in our four-wide set, two-by-two, two, basically running 
the same concept on either side, and Slaughter gets to pick which side he wants to read. And I don't know if it had to do with the defense blitzing more from the short side or if Slaughter just prefers throwing into the boundary more, but when he was getting in rhythm, he was taking that shorter throw, you know, from hash to the same side numbers, uh, the quick hitch on smash or the quick out on the fade out concept. But it giving him that stuff early gets him in a rhythm and I think will help, you know, like we said, overall get him, get everybody in a rhythm and get our offense on schedule. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to start the game like one of six passing or two of six, something like that is where we were, um, you know, just for anybody. So I understand you got you to gotta play the game the way you want to win it, right? Go after the defense the way you think you can beat them. But at the same time, just in general, you know, I would like to see some of that stuff more often. So um, early, late. You know, whenever I think that's something that not just for Slaughter's benefit, but I think it helps our offense as a whole. Like I said, so um, I love to see it. Want to see more of it? Yeah. Um, just one last thing on that: the way that they chose to play our four wide, it seemed like they were trying to blitz us every which way, pretty much every snap out of it. I like the one we had one snap of when we lined up in that two by two stack set, and it looked like we were trying to run some kind of drive concept out of it with the uh with the stack receiver to the field side just running a clear out and the guy behind him running like a quick out and then to the back side this the point man running like a 10 yard dig and the stack guy running a shallow basically turning into a drive he didn't slaughter didn't have any time to get that throw off i think they got a sack on it because they managed to dial up a blitz like when I rambled on on our on my little pass pro rant last week, that they got three guys coming against your two guys defending on the man side, and you know tackles man on. Running back sees a guy coming through the B gap and a guy coming off the edge. Trail rightfully steps up, takes on the guy in the B gap, and made slaughter scramble. Ended up getting brought down, but that's all part of the the feel-out process, like we talk about, how are teams going to attack you defensively is, you know, if you line up in that four wide and try and get slaughter in a rhythm early, defenses can say, no, not today. They're going to play up, they're going to attack, and they're going to keep him, you know, off his rhythm. So that's part of taking those deep shots, man. It might not be a high percentage thing, but that's just something else. you got to make the defense defend the entire field. So... That's all I got on that one. Uh, I think uh, one other thing that I, I like to see, it didn't work, but it looked like we ran a pretty similar play, um, a little down-the-line screen that Moeller ran against us. It looks like we tried to run that once, and uh, I don't I don't think it worked. I don't remember if it wasn't completed or just guy got hit as soon as he caught it or something like that, but... I mean, I think that was just tr- us trying to run our tunnel screen. That's something we've had in our playbook since 2017. It, you know, it's as far back as I can remember us running it. Maybe it just like presentation could have been a little bit different. I'm not sure, but it could have just been a bad looking tunnel screen. Sometimes they hit for you know 50 yards or a touchdown. Sometimes it gets tackled for a three yard loss. That's the name of the game with those. Sometimes I don't notice us running it because I don't think we run it like ever. A tunnel screen? How often do we run that? Uh, 
I I would say it almost at least once a game. Yeah. Once a game, we're running, <laughs> we're catching a screen behind the offensive line. Yes. And I've never seen. Okay. Do you remember Kutcher's touchdown? Kutcher against, played four years ago, Hank. Do you remember his <laughs> touchdown against Winton Woods? We ran it last week or two weeks ago against Glen Oak. Against Glen Oak, I don't think we, we ran it against Moeller. I want to say yeah, yeah, we did. We've been pretty consistent. I mean, okay. I it, I'm I'm the odd man out here. I haven't seen it. It ebbs and flows with how well your line can block in space because you know you like to see it's fun to watch a big old like 280 pound guy barreling down on some 140 pound defensive back but like we've talked about with your many rants on stock blocking as a wide receiver it's hard to block a guy out in space so the rate which we call the tunnel screen might ebb and flow depending on how well our line can block out in space but that's been a play in our playbook for years So either I am remembering the play we ran last week incorrectly, or I don't like remember us ever running the play you're talking about. So, either way, I, I'll even I'll call back to 2018, my favorite game, East St. Louis. We threw one to Trey Morgan, you know, Banks 1.0, and uh, he gets hit, stopped on like the two or three yard line, and our I think it was like our right or left guard runs down there, bear hugs him, and tackles him into the end zone. Might have been our first or second touchdown. But that's been a play we've run for years. In fact, in 2020, when our line wasn't that good, we managed to hit one against Iggy, I want to say, right into the teeth of a blitz, and Johnson took it for like 50 yards. I'm guessing that I just saw it differently last week because it looked more like what Mansfield, or not Mansfield, what Moeller ran against us, and less of when our line is going out. Like that, what you're talking about. I really, I remember you mentioning it, and I didn't. Maybe I just saw it wrong. I thought we pretty much ran the exact same play Moore ran, where we brought a receiver right underneath of our line. Yeah. Nah, I mean, that's basically how you run the tunnel screen. Presentation and timing might look a little bit different, but. Yeah. Either way, I liked the idea of it. I love it. It's make, play. It, make it work, I guess, if it's been in the playbook for five years. Like I said, ebbed and flowed. It has worked. It hasn't. It's hit or miss. I got really nothing else on the game itself. I mean, special teams looked phenomenal out there. I think we held them to like 17 yards average on a kick returns. Um, punts obviously we got the punt block for a touchdown mm-hmm. and we were in the punter's face all night I mean that kid really couldn't do much the muffed punt um, probably our mm-hmm. only blemish on the evening forgot about as that as far as yeah. special teams goes Yeah, you have a take on that as how you would play that as a returner and I want the entire audience to hear this okay well it's not a new take I've been saying this for years um and I'm waiting for somebody to do it because I don't understand why you wouldn't. In that situation where the ball is just hanging up in the air and you already have a gunner or the long snapper in your face waiting for you to try to catch it, the whole idea is you're calling a fair catch and you have one job and it's just to secure the ball. Do not fumble. You're not gaining any yards here. You can't return it. You're just going to catch the ball right there. 
the guy that's coming down, the gunners that are standing right in front of you, it, it only works if there's a really high hang time and the gunner's already in your face, right? In that situation, I'm going to pretend like the ball is going to land like two yards further back than it does. And when the gunner comes up to get in my face, it's just going to hit him in the back of the head. <laughs> it's just going to come down and hit him on the back of the head. And like, what are you going to do? I mean, the ball's down right there. The guy feels like an idiot. And you walk back over to your sideline like you did your job. You fair caught it at the exact same spot you would have fair caught it, except for hit them in the back of the head rather than you. I mean, I guess like if it misses him, it could like bounce forward or something. But you know that high of a hang time. Yeah, yeah I mean you are running Screw the risk it. of a weird bounce, but I am all for a little fuck fuck. I'm like fine that. with it because I what, let's say it does take a weird bounce, like, and the coach says, "Oh, you should catch it." And it's like, well, what if I fumble? I. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's not the right attitude to go at it. But, you know, I'm perfectly fine with that. You, know, you get a couple extra, they get a couple extra yards maybe, but, you know, chances are it just hits them in the back or the head or something, bounces up, hits them in the ass. I, I mean, I would just, I, I love it. <laughs> Let it come down and hit them in the head, whatever. Yeah. I, you see in the NFL a lot, you'll, ca- like, you'll fair catch on, like, the five-yard line. And, yeah, I'm just going to let it hit him in the head because he's standing there face mask to face mask with you as close as he legally can, you know where the ball is going to drop, Like you're the one standing there getting ready to catch it. Just let it drop right on his head. Or, at the last second, step up to try to catch it and bump into him. Don't do what Jim said. Jim said just to blindly run up and hit the guy because that's not how you get catch interference. You can't just run up and initiate it. It has to be natural. But if you misjudge it by two yards... And then have to move up two yards to catch it, and he's in your way. And eh, now, now that is interference. Yeah. So I, I, either I, way, I am all for little bullshit like that. Like I fully support that. It, it would be something rough to practice. I mean, I guess you'd have to have a really good like. Uh, yeah, it's not really something you would practice. No, it'd be more about like just being a dude. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things, like a lot of returners, it's just you have that innate ability to know how a ball, like to judge yeah. a ball in the air. Well, I mean, you can't really practice returning kicks either. You just got to be a dude. Yeah. That's kind of part of the position. You can have specifically designed block set up. You know, we can do kickoff, kick return right, and you're setting up blocks. Here's your kick out. You know, the idea is to run right inside of the two. And you can tell them that, but at the end of the day, your returner's just got to be a dude. Right. so go be a dude go be a dude i like it drop it on his head <laughs> just could you imagine just like walking like the guy that just gets donked <laughs> on the back of the head just like what the, damn it <laughs> yeah you're you're walking back to the sideline knowing that film tomorrow's gonna be rough yeah like, like, <laughs> what are you gonna do? gonna be a part where the entire team watches that together mm-hmm. and you're not gonna have a good three to five minutes following if you want to make it better let it hit him on the back of the head and then go pick it up and try to house it. Because at the very worst, it's down where it hit him. Yeah, I'm all for it. Right? Even yeah. If, even if you establish possession after that and fumble, it, it goes still back goes to back where to where it he, first hit him, right? Yes. Yeah, so let it hit him, pick it up, and house it. Mm-hmm. While everybody's standing around making fun of the... Dude that just got <laughs> domed by his own punter. long snapper that just got yeah. hit in the head. You're running the running the ball back, eh? risk free at that. Yeah. Hey, I'm all for that stuff. No, let's do it. Uh, let's see. Uh, who went in the game early, like the second or third defensive snap, and they kicked him out for his knee pads? I think it was Bond. 
Bond. Who okay. had a, who had a good game? It was his first game yeah. of the year, coming off of injury, I believe. And uh, he had a good game, but yeah, he went in and got kicked out immediately. That's such bullshit, man. Like it, I hate when refs do that. Like nobody wears their knee pads correctly. Not your knee pads don't even do anything anyway. That is true. They don't even wear them in the NFL. No, nobody wears them. Like, and even if you are, they're up here on your thigh. Yeah. I I don't get the point of kicking a kid out because his mandatory useless equipment is slightly askew from how the refs like to see it. Yeah, I understand that might be the rule, but you don't have to enforce it. Yeah. Pretend like you didn't notice. It's a judgment call. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to measure your pants before the game. Like, and it's, it's a judgment like, call. Let it go. It's not like a coach on the other sideline is going to call that out anyway. No. And even if they do, I almost respect that move. That that level of petty from an opponent, mm-hmm. I love it. That level of petty from a ref, no. Get the fuck yeah, out of no. here. Yeah, not a fan. And speaking of equipment, our one OE backer, number 12, it's just weird to see like a starting or high volume rotational player out there with completely naked arms. Yeah. No sleeves, no tape, no gloves, no wristbands, no weird like five layers of fake sweatbands going up and down. It, it's a weird it's almost like seeing like a kid number eighty two taking snaps at quarterback. Like our backup quarterback, Jacques Carter. Yeah. Just all around in when I saw eighty two out there taking snaps, I'm like, "What the hell is this? We got to like, we got to make rules for kids playing certain positions that like you need certain numbers because it just doesn't look right." And then the announcer said his name, like Jacques Carter, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm all in. <laughs> Let him wear that number." Yeah, I mean, I know he went in there as a quarterback, but maybe he actually. Um, projects better as a receiver or something. I mean, you know, Slaughter's a sophomore, so the assumption would be he's the guy for the next two more years after this, right? Yep. So maybe if you're another kid on the team as a quarterback and you're not winning the job, you know, what's your other position? So maybe he's actually a receiver who happens to be the backup quarterback more than anything. I, I don't know. Hey. I'll admit that I don't know that. I don't know either. Never heard of the kid before, but absolutely love the bit. Yeah, I mean, wearing weird numbers is not anything new for us. You know, we had a what, 90 as a receiver Yeah, this year. 90. Getting reps at receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. There's certain numbers that, like, work and don't when you're getting actual. 80 as a middle linebacker yeah. last year. When you're getting, like, meaningful playing time on varsity, we got to have, like, you know, yeah. for, come on now, like walk up to the kid middle of, you know, after practice, something like, Hey, I know you are 90 right now, but you're getting playing time. Like, let's come on. What number do you want? Yeah. Like, here's, here's what's open. Here's the sophomores that we'll trade you with. You know, that is how it goes. Yeah. Really though. And it's just part um, of the game. Yeah. I mean, it, and it kind of should be so. Um, other than that, speaking of bits, it pissed me off during the game how the announcer kept calling us Washington. Yeah. But, like, actually sitting on it and being out of the moment now, tremendous way to get at us. Like, they were doing that on purpose. Everybody knows we're Maslin, but it is technically Maslin Washington. So, for him to just call us Washington all game, I respect that move. 
Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we're not going to like it, but yeah. I got a gripe about that. Go for it. Um, At Glen Oak, I know you, you had to watch it on TV, so you would have missed this part. Well, first off, they played the most horrendous music before the game ever, known to man. Just the worst possible pregame music ever, right? I mean, our band started playing at one point, and the Glen Oak fans were cheering. Like during pregame, just because we didn't want to listen to that music anymore, right? It was that bad. But my gripe is that their announcer did the OHSAA like pregame speech. The what now? Any tournament game you go to, they do this mm-hmm. for every sport. You know, the ladies and gentlemen, this is a match between two OHSA affiliated schools. They respect the game, your officials, cheer for your team. Just the the script that you have to read before any tournament game. Yeah. They did it during a regular season game, which... We too, no less. Uh, which, to me, is like, you know, it's, it just kind of makes it seem like it's not a well-running machine when you do that. It's kind of like, oh, well, this is what we were told to do, so, it's, you know, we don't have our own thing. Because, um, I mean, we, we don't read that. Never once. Not very many places do that I know of, unless they do it so early that I miss it. Not many places actually read that during the season. Mm-hmm. During tournament time, you have to. Yeah. That's part of the OHSA state tournament. Because the very first game of playoffs is considered state tournament. Because it's the state tournament. Yeah. So every single game is state tournament, OHSA, blah, 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 blah. Um. But yeah, so I didn't like I didn't like them reading that. Hmm. Uh, it just seemed like childish. <laughs> and then their announcer was very not so good. Very not so good. And I think he sat right behind us on the wayside because everybody kept complaining about stuff, and he would immediately correct it. It's like he Oof. could hear us complaining, and then would correct what he said Oof. every time. Um, he, he <laughs> just the beginning of the game was rough. Yeah, yeah, we were all. Not me, but the guys behind me were assuming that the guy was drunk. <laughs> and they were making a lot of jokes about the guy being drunk. And then he messed up saying this Star Spangled Banner. I was trying to make sure I didn't mess it up. He just, like, flopped all of the starting <laughs> syllables. It was just, like, the Bar Spangled Spanner. <laughs> please that rise. Slinging slasher. <laughs> yeah, please rise, that sling. We're just like... God, <laughs> the guy's like this segment brought to you by PBR, <laughs> and just he's saying the wrong people's names all night, and yeah, but yeah. it was a rough night for them, that's for sure. Yeah, but, uh, but saying night. Washington made me think that, like yeah. you know, when it's a state game, you know, in tournament time, we are Washington, right? Mm. So, but yeah, it's a good way to get under our skin. Yeah, like- w- would have been better. You know, if it was like a close game or you're up 30 on us, and then you keep going, like just rubbing it in Washington, Washington, like that. Yeah, that would have th- hurt. I think after <laughs> the tone of the game got established, it kind of died off. Yeah. Because he did have another little bit going where he was calling them the TY Tigers, mm-hmm. and then he started calling us the TI Tigers. I'm like, all right, I like that. Yeah. I can dig it. Oh, another thing in the Glen Oak game. Oh, boy. Here we go. Their announcer did one of those. Just dumbass, annoying. Um, 
you know, Johnson with the run for four yards. And that's enough for a Glen Oak first down. And like the whole crowd was supposed to chime in and say first down. And he just kept doing that all four of their first downs. <laughs> really hamming it up. And the one time the guy ran, it might have been that play where Welch came up and made the tackle. So it looked like he ran for forever. And mm-hmm. it was still like third and nine after <laughs> yeah. that. And the announcer does it. He's like, oh, Johnson with the run of seven yards, and that's enough for a... And all of the Basilin fans just <laughs> chimed in. That's enough for a Glen Oak. Third down! And he's like, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that is third down. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Oh, man. Imagine getting heckled by the entire away crowd. <laughs> that's a good one. That's good. All right. I've got to... Matt, I missed that one then. Yeah. Not worth it? No, I mean, like, Almost if you're going to miss something, yeah. that's not a bad one to miss. Yeah. Well, that's all I got for Mansfield. You got anything else on the game? Any extra notes or anything? Um, I'll touch on that later. I got something. All right. It's about the crowd. We got we got another segment we can touch on that. And we'll then. get into that later. Yep. So right now we'll get into a little film room action, check out some Mansfield highlights, get into a little bit of a Warren preview, and then uh, go on from there. Cool. All right, so we'll hop into our film segment here. Uh, we're going to start off with something that's very close to Hank's heart, something that he loves and hates very much. Yeah. And he wants to talk about it, so we will. Yeah, so last week I went on a little bit of a rant about the camera angles that Telepro gets for the you know replays and the live broadcast of the Masson game. And I'm not really, I'm not taking this out on the kids. It's not, they're not the ones picking the angles. You know, like I said, I was in the class. I know how the whole operation works. The camera operators, that's the usually volunteers from the class, have head, yeah, headphones on and the, it's called a technical director talking in their ear, telling them what shots to get. And then he's the one that picks actually what shots get broadcast. And to my knowledge, that's still uh, Mr. DeWald. DeWald? I, I, he was my teacher for two years, and I still couldn't confidently tell you his correct pronunciation. How you say it, yeah. Yeah. Regardless, love the man. Phenomenal teacher. Just all around seemed like he would be a good hang in general. Yeah, but zoom out. <laughs> yeah. So I got a little bit of a slideshow here to show you what we're talking about. All screen caps from the WHS replays of the game to kind of, you know, give a good visual of what we're talking about with a good and bad shot. So we're leading off here with the shot from, you know, pretty aptly enough, the Warren game from last year. I would say this is just a teens too zoomed in of a good broadcast angle. You know, you can barely see the receiver up top. You can't see the boundary receiver in the bottom. Can't really see what the secondary is doing at all. Go ahead and hit the next one for me. Yeah, I, I was actually going to say it's not bad until you said boundary receiver. And I was like, oh, yeah, he's not on the screen. Yeah, if, if your boundary receiver is not in the screen, that, that's a bad shot. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's yeah. an example of a bad shot. Yeah, you want to be able to see what's going on. You know, it's not the whole game's not played inside the box anymore. So here's an example from the pit game last year. I would call this like a grade A broadcast angle you get you're zoomed up close enough you can see what all the box players are doing but yet you get pretty much all 22 guys on the field you know you got the 
receiver down here at the bottom, just barely on. You got the corner. You can kind of sort of see him below the score graphic. Yeah. You're going to lose sight of the secondary pretty much as soon as the ball snapped, but that's like what you live with down to down watching an NFL game or a college game. Absolutely. I, I would call that a grade A broadcast angle. Pretty much like if I can't get the all 22, this is what I'm looking for. Yeah, I like this, especially from a broadcast perspective, you know, not just like a film breakdown kind of thing, like actually watching it as a fan. I, because you do want to be able to see the snap, you want to be able to see inside the box, you want to see what's going on. But I feel like nowadays, I mean, we're using, it's not like we're using old, horrible cameras. Yeah. Right? These are, you know, if they're not 4K cameras, they're probably pretty damn close. And no, I, they and are I bet 4K. They, and I bet they are, right? So we're, we have the technology to have great resolution, even at a wide angle like this. So, And people's TVs are great nowadays, too. So you shouldn't need to. But carry on. Hank's bit. From the McKinley game last year. Getting a little more zoomed in. I would say this is just a teens more zoomed than the the Warren shot. If you knew it was a run play, I could live with it. Which, funny you mention that. I can guarantee you we ran counter on this play. I don't actually remember what play this was watching the replay, but our fullback and running back had this weird relationship that I can't accurately describe to you, their alignment, but... It's one of those, I know it when I see it, yeah. and I can guarantee you we're about to run counter. But I can't tell you what our receiver at the top, receiver at the bottom, or their corners or free safety are doing, or what our second receiver in is going to do, or the defender over him after the snap because it's too damn zoomed in. Yeah, true. Moving on. From the Glen Oak game last year, when we uh, first test ran the – McElroy empty package phenomenal shot you get all 22 guys on the field you can see what's going to happen in the secondary post snap you can you, you you got everything in the shot perfect this is exactly what I'm looking for I agree Fitch game last year I picked one of the worst ones I could find to make a point mm. this is not great you can barely even see the linebackers. I think it's just the alignment of the receivers. You know what the this only is? You can see them. What? It's a really good picture. Oh, phenomenal picture. But you wouldn't want to watch this play like that. What, he snaps it out on a quick tag screen. Gone. Guy in the van is quickly trying to, you know, yeah, not going to happen. So zoom out. Last but not least, Iggy from 2020. This is like perfect all 22 angle. This is the shit I live for. Love it. More of this for the love of God, please. Yeah, I like the angle. I think it could have been tilted up a little bit. I'm nitpicking. You can do this all day long. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, bring the offense down a little bit more so you have more downfield. But hey, you know, also, I'll work with that all day. Before you click out of this one, this is uh, yeah. the pick six we threw against Diggy. Um, I have an idea for a more strictly YouTube film breakdown. Is this where they roll show. the safeties? Yeah, this is where we motion the fullback across. They rolled safeties I to know match my it. My mouse isn't going to show, but does this guy backside safety roll up? Uh, it's the guy. That's the corner. It's the guy in front of him is the backside safety that rolls. He's up. He's the one yeah. that rolls up. Yeah. Oh, so they just abandon the run altogether down here. Pretty much because we never attack the nub side, and that's it. Yeah, so they take this low side, the lowest guy on the screen for them, roll him up to the top. The guy on the top 
rolls down right in front of a slant. Yeah. I mean, if I can very quickly describe exactly what happens to you. I think I just did to the average person. So, so. Our, our twins up top, he top guy runs a slant, inside guy runs like a wide fade. Quarterback's read is the defender over the inside guy. If he runs with the fade, throw the slant. If he sits on it, try and hit the fade. Yeah, because there's no reason why a one-high safety would jump the slant there. Correct. And there's going to be nobody in the window when that guy drops with the wide fade. But we motion our fullback across before the snap, which they rotated the safety to, brought that guy down in the hole. On this play, actually, he held his water and didn't really show it pre-snap, but he came flying down post-snap. Trone reads his gut, reads his key, which is the guy over the number two. He drops. Trone pulls the trigger on the slant. That free safety screaming down into the slant window, beats mm-hmm. Ballard to the ball, and he's off for six. Yeah. So, I mean, good play call by them. I guess bad tendencies on us. Bad tendency because it wasn't a play call by them. It was a. Um, I lost the word. It was adjustment. Yes. I. I well, so, that's what I meant, play yeah. call. I mean, they didn't call to roll fake safeties. roll opposite. Yeah. yeah, just, you know, they're going with it, and it's all about following the fullback. Mm. Safety comes down on fullback. They had, um, every time we motioned the fullback across, they had some type of adjustment. You couldn't really see it too clearly out of our base stuff, but in our, just this set, starting from here and motioning the fullback across, we had five snaps of it, first of which was, like, on the goal line, so you couldn't really see the adjustment. But the other three in between that first one and there, you could clearly see the safeties rotate. That guy dropped down into the window, and that's why they got the pick six. Yep. All right. That's all I got for bitching about that. Like I said, I'm just yelling at the adults in the room, or in this case, in the van. Please, for the love of God, zoom out. I'm I'm glad I kind of warmed them up to this. (laughs) <laughs> at the game last week so yeah. uh all right so we just moving straight on or what uh yeah let's keep her moving all right you know all right now since got that little ran out of the way before we get into some mansfield film just want to shout out the jv team on labor day beating down the pups 50 to 6 here's a good um end zone angle shot that they got of the tiger scoring a touchdown i think right before half Might as well just watch it see what happens break it down a little bit Ref in shorts is a weird look. So got linebacker creeping up and just folded like a chair. Folded like a chair. So, I mean, breaking it down, that linebacker walks up, looks like he's trying to blitz, and then I don't know who's wrong here, the end he's directly behind or the backer himself because the end slams into the B-gap and the backer tries to go with him. Does he slam into B-gap or does he get slammed into B-gap? I'd say that's he's slanting right into the B-gap. Oh, maybe. Yeah, looks like he's trying to attack it. I think you're trying to take a double pancake away from our right tackle. Oh, I'm not trying to take anything I think you are. That's what you're doing right now. All I'm saying is one of those guys screwed up. No, right there. Double pancake, two bottles of syrup, right there. Bam! You want to let me finish? Bam! I'm I'm never going to shit on a lineman. Bam! Their mistake put that tackle in a position to make that double pancake. All right? And he went out there and he said, we eating today, boys. 
Flapjacks. That sounded horrendous, but he got that double pancake. Good teams win. Great teams cover. And bad linebackers fall down like Andy's toys when he walks in the room. Yeah, it is weird. They're all walked up. I wonder if that linebacker is just in the, a bad spot snap. Why? Like he wants to go outside and doesn't get the chance. Other linebacker is walked up opposite what a gap probably yeah and uh my biggest thing is we're on the like four yard line right now yeah six yard line maybe look at this play side safety because you 25 yeah uh, 25 26 whatever it is yeah you would expect him to like be in the play no he turns and bolts to the other side of the field like as if they're trying to cover trips up to like you're on the six-yard line in a JV game, guy. Come on. <laughs> Who's coaching this? That, uh, McKin- uh, McKinley is down bad boys. Down bad boys. Down bad boys. But look, I mean, he just immediately runs away. Like, oh, I got to go cover up top. What if they pass it? <laughs> I mean, okay, so in their defense, a couple things. No defense. Crap. This is JV football. You get in there, you make a play. Not blaming the kids. Yeah. I'm blaming their system, their coaches, for letting this happen, I McKinley's down bad boys. I was I was defending the safety because I assume that some kind of zone blitz where he has to rotate back to play the middle of the field. But yeah, you're right. That's a bad call. For I hear the four you. Yeah, no, I'm not blaming him. Obviously, he has a reason to do this, right? Yeah. He's not just scared. Yeah. But why? Why does he have a reason to to do that? <laughs> why are both linebackers walked up? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. I mean, regardless, like, you can show it one more time so the fans at home can also see the guard walk in untouched. The guard didn't even know what to do. <laughs> As a pulling guard, when you, like, when you, you pull stop. around and you, like, you just see daylight, like, the Red Sea's parted and you don't yeah. have anybody to block, like, knowing damn well that your running back also what? doesn't what have happened? anybody. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were still down one, even if it wasn't a double pancake. Yeah. Is it, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Um... I don't mind playing on grass. You know, grass is better for you than turf. Mm. But, you know, not the greatest environment right there for a football game. Bleachers on one side. Um, I mean, I, maybe, it's a maybe, game. maybe I'm getting picky with the grass, but, like, watching some of the game, it seems like, you know, just... They're, hey, just, they're just playing in a field. Listen, it's Which just, is fine. Go play in a field. Oh, Beat their ass 50-6 to six in a field. It's a JV game on Labor Day. Like, let this but they have field like, a dream They shit. have like 12 freaking turf fields over there. Do they? Or does the Hall of Fame? Well, let's. <laughs> if you want to dive into that, let's dive into that. What does McKinley have? Because according to the diagrams, they don't even have a high school. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I'm not going to pretend like I know the ins and outs of how McKinley's much. McKinley's down bad. Yeah, we can we can talk about that on the other side when we're gonna have more people listening again. And they just not just watch. They just the video. built a brand new turf field out of middle school. They have a youth program that they're building up in a good way, apparently. But man, are they down bad right now? Canton City in general is down bad, and I'm not hey. mad about it except for the fact that if the, there has to be a rival, I'm fine with winning. Yeah. But it can't be sixty to nothing every single year, or it won't happen anymore. You know, if these damn kids didn't have their cell phones with them twenty four seven, that'd probably be. Uh, That's probably part of it. Probably be. 
doing a better job over there. You, you know? think his kid is on his cell phone pregames? <laughs> Hard to imagine he's not. Well, yeah, because where he's at, the coach probably doesn't care about cell phones. Yeah. All right, so carrying on. Anyway, keep her moving. Let's see here. Can I just... Yeah, you should be able to hit next. Year. Oh, look at that. All I didn't right. do it. So we got Maverick Clark's highlights here. Big old hit. Here's the punt block. Bam. Just, you know, like like you said, all game, when you got a bad snap and a bad punt, you're in for a bad day. Can you pause it for a second? Sure. I do not understand the point of, like, only showing the big hit in your highlight package. Like, yeah, it looks cool, but isn't the point of your highlight package to get you recruited by coaches? You have to have hit power, Hank. Hit power is cool. I just, like, want to know how that hit power translates in relation to, like, the rest of the play and, uh, you know, your your job in the play. I agree. I could be totally off base here. Like, I don't One, know. it looks cool. And oh, that's it does what, look cool. That's what a highlight tape is for, right? That's why we're watching it right now and not Ohio State. I mean, they could be, but I'm saying it's not just for, you know, it's different when they walk into Coach Moore's office and they show me this kid. Mm-hmm. compared to when we are talking about this kid. That's fair. I guess. Show me your big hits. Hey, if this is for us, the audience, and like not to get you a career, then I love no, it. I mean, you show Give both. Me big hits. You show both, but you don't want the kid that's technically sound but gets bullied. Every now and then, you got to show something to go, hey. Then don't put together a highlight package. I right? can hit. I can hit. Fresh off the edge. Bam. Slow snap. Slow punt. We get it. Picks it up himself. Usually, one person blocks and another guy picks yeah. it up, so that's good. Look, he's in position, comes off the edge, tackle. Yeah, uh, he does square Stay up. Stay square know, to the big... edge. I mean, make it seem like it's a bad play 50 yards downfield. Oh, I'm not saying it was a bad play. I don't know. Man, I'm just right saying there. I would like to know the context of the rest makes of the play. Makes a tackle okay, in stop space it, stop against it right Amar now. the star. This... Amar the star right there Bring in back. space. Or no, not this play, the next play. Well, you're getting this play. Okay, I'll get this play again. And then you can... And we're running slow again. It's the... When I pause... I thought I figured out how to make it not do that, but... There we go. All right, this play I saw live in the game, and I know I would not shut up about. Yeah. This guy does a phenomenal job defending the bubble screen. So he's lined up out there as the uh, Sam linebacker with inside leverage over the number two receiver. Number two receiver's job is to block for the bubble being ran by the three, and Clark flies down, gets outside leverage on that block, Keeps outside leverage, forces the bubble, doesn't let him get the edge, mm-hmm. just forces him to stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, while the cavalry from the rest of your defense inside comes up, makes a play. This is might show up in the stat sheet as you know a, a tackle assist at best, but this is a hell of a play right here. This is the shit I want to see on your defensive highlight reel. Yeah, so it gets outside contained, won't let the guy get out of him, and which is great because if he does get outside, yeah, nobody out there but the corner that already has a guy blocking him. Safety has to come up, make a harder play. Here he is making that same play against Mar the Star again in space. So um, he had a good game. Yeah, kid had a great game. But I'm just really glad we got that bubble in there, mm-hmm. or that defending of the bubble. That was, like I said, something I don't know – you see certain plays live and like you don't know why you're watching it and it just happens to be one of the like a tremendous play by that player yep and that was it 
Yeah, I mean, forces it back inside. Safety mm-hmm. fills. Um, worst case scenario, he has to then go inside of the safety. You got linebackers coming over. That's where all your, all your help is. Yeah. You know, you get outside of the two, which is what they're trying to do. Then you have the safety one-on-one if he comes down quick enough. The corner's getting blocked. Um, you don't really want your corner to have to try to make that play anyway, in, no. in that coverage at least. So Your your corner is your oh-shit guy, mm-hmm. and that's because if, if the ball gets outside and only your corner's ready to make a play, every coach on your sideline's going, oh, shit. Yep. So, And a lot of high school players are going to – from that position, from starting with such inside leverage on it, they're going to try and just undercut the block. You know, yeah, they're trying to get there as quick as possible. Down. But that was a like it just it's a great play, man, to get yep. the outside leverage to know your to know how you fit into that defense, to know where your help is, to be able and to be able to make the play as well, and just force that ball back inside while the rest of the cavalry can get there and hold it for like a what two yard gain, something like that. Yeah. Moving on, got some Pringle highlights for you. Get to see a little more of the Black Swarm in there. Look like just uh, little, does he play Mike or Will or do we know Mike? Just a little Mike pressure in there. Another stunt there. Gets home. Fourteen coming in. That's our Sam. Yeah, little blitz. Mm-hmm. We've been sending the heat a lot more. Yep. Looks Look, that reads it. Gets outside. Stays yep. square. Look like a little uh, quick trap kind of play immediately out on the three can you rewind that one again before we i yeah also shout out on that run play right there but uh just getting outside there on the little stick route oh here's the play yeah what (laughs) all right i want everybody to pause the podcast right now if you're still listening to it and only listening to it for, for whatever reason, this segment at least, go to this timestamp on our YouTube page and watch Pringle kill a kid. Poor kid. Like I almost feel bad for him. We talked about it the other day. I yeah. mean, we saw it live and we talked about it, but then we saw the highlight and the poor kid. So he sees the guard pu- is the guard right? He sees the yeah. guard pulling. And he's expecting to have to, you know, go set the edge against the guard. He's probably been getting beat up all night, and he's been waiting for this. He's like, "All right, the guard's pulling. I'm, I'm not gonna get blown up this time." Night, night. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of things like I don't want lost on that play. So number one, that was just basic ass power right there. Well. Really, a get power because we ran it inside the tight end. Tight end just you know kicks the guy out. But on the kick out block on power, we've never ran it with like a deep back in the split set, running that kick out. Yep. So when that edge man goes untouched, and he's like looking for the guard pulling. Congrats on doing your film study, kid. You know our tendencies. Unfortunately for you, that was a tendency breaker for us, and you just got blindsided by our back. That's you know. Are also our starting middle linebacker. Number two, if you want to go replay it again, the Mike honestly almost makes a tremendous play. He flies upfield, undercuts the down blocks by our play side tackle, and if that wasn't Trell toting the rock, he might have made a play there. Number 44. 
Whoop. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hold on. I got to see that again for myself, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's so one of those things. Somehow he beats our right guard pulling. So what? what's happening here is our, yeah. No, he actually undercuts the down block by the tackle on the end. See him slipping underneath that? Where is our guard supposed to be pulling? Outside of this? So Or inside? You want your guard pulling behind and around the tackle. You, you want him scraping the paint off the tackle's ass. Okay, so inside just, the kickout block on number there two. Yet is my whole point. Yeah. Okay. So the fact that the mic can undercut that and still beat the guard. Normally, I mean, great play, but I you know get out there a little bit quicker. R- huh? Rewind it back, actually, because that's not. I on, mean, it looks like Trell's gonna beat him there. Yeah, that's not on the guard at all. Rewind it back a little bit. All right, well, I'm just asking where the guard's supposed to go. Okay, so normally on power, you have your play side tackle and guard block down on either three tech or a nose double team him and then work their way up to a backside linebacker kind of forming a wall and then you got your kick out block which on this case would be number two and your guard pulling you would like to see it a lot tighter to the line of scrimmage yeah and stand square pulling for the play side linebacker now normally if a the play side linebacker like tries to undercut the down blocks like that, then either the guard or the tackle go to pick them up. Because of the front they're running, you got a four, a zero, and a four, which is to say two guys head up on the tackles and one guy head up on the nose. Then your play side guard is not looking to down to help double team on the end. He's gonna try and help down block on the nose and then work his way back up to the backside backer. All right, so left tackle is down on 52. Yes. Guard and center are down on the nose. Yep. Right guard is pulling for this number 44. Yeah. Or, you know, your mouse whoever is invisible. They can't see it. Yeah, I know, but I'm talking to you. Okay. So 44, this yeah. linebacker here in the middle. Yep. Or, you know, first guy to show like that. Yeah. Two's getting kicked out. Yeah. Tight end's kicking seven out. Yep. And... He undercuts the down block. Yeah, guard needs to be quicker. But honestly, if the guard was quicker, like he might have been pulling past the tackle as that Mike is undercutting the tackle's block. Oh, that's a bad time to pause it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you're not pulling to pick up the mic that's doing that. You're pulling to wrap the mic. You're pulling to block the mic, but the way you're pulling, the way your footwork is, the timing with everything, you're pulling. and The fact that he gets through there is actually pretty impressive. Yeah, it it's pretty much, he can do that pretty much just based on the front that the defense is running and how it affects our rules on power, I assume, What's or at least base rules on power. Oh, boy. There we go. All right, so hold on. Line of scrimmage is the seven? Yeah. A little too far, bub. Yeah. How tight are you supposed to stay? I mean, he's on the 10. I mean, right, so, whatever. So, okay, that is, something, Just, that is something I've noticed before is... Are we trying to get behind more? No. I, In my opinion, that guard has taken way too deep of a pull. Um, I don't, especially with no immediate, yeah, I mean, so that's one of those things with the, it's very easy to overcoach a lineman. 
Um, in my opinion, you kind of like let the guys do their job in the way that's most comfortable for them. And if they can do it successfully, then don't overcoach it. Don't try and fix things that don't need fixed. Yeah. But that is something I've noticed in the last couple of weeks is it, I think it is just our starting right guard or it might just be 77. I'm not sure. I haven't been keeping track of it, but when he pulls by God, does he get a deep pull on that? But hey, I mean, if it works, I'm I mean, fine with it. Trell's got three hundred yard rushing games in a row, so yeah, no, I'm I'm fine. It's with been it. working. Um, yeah, just just almost a great play by the Mike, like you said. Yeah, the way he fits through there, wow. And then you know, Trell's a dude, so <laughs> Trell's so good. Trell's so good. Same play from Bouncing earlier. Bouncing off of guys. Yeah. yeah, he's Pringle's good. Our whole defense is good, man. Defense is very good. So, you know, we came into when we came into last year with almost no returning starters. A couple, you know, sprinkled in here and there. I, I was kind of worried, and then we came out for the most part pretty good, mm-hmm. bordering on great. After that, I was like. I, I've seen enough. I don't care if we have nobody returning, if it's just a bunch of freshmen out there playing ball. Our defense is going to be lights out, man. Nobody wanted to listen to me when I said the front seven. Front seven's good. If, if you haven't noticed, if you've been watching, like, maybe a play here or there, like, you know, may, spritzed ah, in you there. Know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you noticed a play or two yeah. or a stat. I, I don't, front seven's decent this year. Not bad. Front seven, not bad. All right, let's keep not moving. Not bad with, you know, one senior in the front seven. Yeah. You know, just imagine next year when how not bad they're going to be. Yeah. I mean, secondary is also young. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, just, you know, simple math. Got the tro highlights. Starting off with the boot throwback tutter. Just, you love to see it. Catch you know, them off guard. You know what I love about that play? Let's run it back. Let's run it back, boys. We're running it back because what I love about this is people telling me that it was a bad pass from Slaughter. Who? Okay, I know who. Many. I wanted I wanted you to say who. Many. I, I don't throw names out there. But, oh, it should have been, you know. Listen, this is a perfect. I, if anything, I was worried about the way he caught it. <laughs> you mean you don't want to see your guy doing like the upside down triangle? One, in one game, I did that. And I was doing it all week where, if you're not watching, it's going to be weird. And even if you are watching it so small, you're not going to be able to see it. But, Hank, <laughs> I had – so, like, in practice, I kept getting balls thrown at, like, my back hip, mm-hmm. back thigh. And it's a very weird spot for a receiver because, like, where do I put my hands? Yeah. It's kind of in between a low pass and a high pass. It's right in between. And so, let's say it's on my left thigh. I kept doing this thing where I'm putting my left hand, left palm facing up right palm facing down and i'd catch it like that right that just looks so wrong but it was it worked in practice no issue right and like i remember talking to montel at the time and like we're doing it and he's like you catch the ball like that i'm like he keeps throwing it right in this really weird spot i don't know what to do like you know i gotta bend down and both hands up mm-hmm. or like you know do this weird basket catch on my hip it's weird yeah. it's a weird spot and in the game 
I run this hitch curl maybe it's like third and five and I run it probably probably hitch then I run like a six yard hitch turn around balls right on my left hip <laughs> I put my hands like that and if it wasn't one of those damn new freaking balls with all those stipples on it that nobody can catch why anybody uses those you know you've heard me bitch about this for years years the kicking balls are the best balls on the field I don't care what the quarterback says but yeah it just goes through my hands just i mean it's like i didn't even touch it just <laughs> hot knife through butter just through my hands like damn and the worst part about it was the corner came up and like just bounced off of me and fell how and small I, was the corner yeah he must have been pretty small because i now i'm pissed because i just dropped the first down right on third down well i'm pissed i dropped the ball in general yeah but like i just dropped it and then i just looked down and this guy like bounces off me he's just laying next to me and i'm like oh <laughs> You know, like, you know, turn and run, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard about that one the next day. I was going to say, I, I like, can't imagine you did It's third know. down, Niner. Just <laughs> catch the ball. That's all we care about. You know, just catch it. And, uh, I was like, damn it, Niner. Well, you know, if they wouldn't put it on your hip, like, you know, listen to me, quarterbacks. <laughs> I've been defending you for years. In general, quarterbacks. Maybe not that one, yeah. but quarterbacks. Uh, definitely not that one. Who said it this year? Garrett Wilson said Flacco throws a receiver-friendly ball compared to Zach Wilson. And all the reporters like, what does that mean? A receiver-friendly ball is putting it in a more catchable spot, putting the correct tempo on it based on what route it is, little stuff like that. Mm. For me, every ball is a catchable ball. It's a receiver-friendly ball if you're throwing it to him. But hit him in the chest. Or, like, it was just such a weird spot. It was yeah. a little bit lower or a little bit higher, no issue. But when you're putting it right on the point of somebody's hip, it's just a weird spot to hey, catch. Maybe the quarterback Whatever. was trying point to protect is, you. He saw the corner flying in. He didn't know the corner was just a world-class weak body. <laughs> Horrible uh, weak body, yeah. Just enough to bounce had to off. Have been. Just, uh, that had to be a make-a-wish situation gone too far. Yeah, I mean, in my jersey, I was like 143 pounds. So, like... With the pads. Yeah. The pads. Pads. Like 143 pounds. Yeah. So, five pound weight stuck in your hip pads. Yeah. The fact that he just bounced off, I, I don't know what he was. Maybe he saw I dropped it and didn't want to, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> intentionally. Yeah. Maybe he just saw the specimen of a receiver in front of him. And he's like, oh, my God, please don't hurt me. That was, I and mean, more just, likely than what I said. Yeah. Yeah. But nonetheless, the way he caught it, I thought was a little bit weird. But this pass is fine. Who said the pass is wrong? Hey. Oh, got lucky on this one. What you... Pass was thrown. Pass was caught. That's beautiful. Touchdown. If it wasn't a running back, no one would be saying a word about that. Nope. Moving on, we got the uh, got the tight end one side, fullback opposite. Just a little power action. Getting up in there, second and third level. Bully. That's uh, go back to that one. I think you could see like how. Actually, pause it right there, or whatever. Yeah, pause it for the next play. Wham. Just battering ram. Pause it. Here. All right. Here you can really see how just absolutely fucked up their defensive front is that they're running against us. You got a guy head up over the right guard, right tackle. One, three, five, seven. Fullback. (laughs) And then a guy outside the fullback. Then you have a guy lined up head up over the left tackle, tight end. And a guy outside the tight end, and just a Mike backer right in the middle. One three five seven, 
Okay. Five, six, seven. It, it's stupid. <laughs> Listen, when I think it was Buddy Ryan. Yeah. Four, six, seven, maybe. When Buddy Ryan came up with like the numbering system for IDing the alignment of it, it made perfect sense. Head up on the you know, head up on the yeah. centers is zero, then you got your one, two I, two, three, and for what it, it you just you count out in the inside alignment. You don't like you don't like nine? You don't like the wide nine? No. What I don't like about the tight end is his inside shoulder is a six, head up is a seven, and then outside of him is a nine. I got that backwards. His inside shoulder is a seven, head up is a six, and his outside shoulder is a nine. It doesn't make sense. It goes against the rest of the entire numbering system. One, three, five. His outside shoulder is a seven. No. The tight... The original system, why it's called a wide nine, is because the inside shoulder of the tight end was a seven. Head up, why? Head up was a six, and the outside was a nine. Why is the inside of the tight end a seven? I don't know, but that's how it originally was, and that's why you call that alignment like a wide nine. One, three, five, how seven. people do it now, in my opinion correctly, is head up is a Outside's a seven, yeah. head up is a six, inside is a six eye. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. What I'm saying is like the Buddy Ryan back in the 80s when he first came up with it, inside was seven, head up was six, outside was nine. That's why you, That's why it's called a wide nine alignment. I don't know why he made it like that and Whatever. why it just goes against the grain. But yes, you got a five. I'm sorry. You got a four. A six and the wide seven. Yeah. And then just one mic all by his lonesome. It's almost like it's an A gap. I mean you got you got every gap right there, right? Uh so let me see. A, B, C, D. And then you got Mike is A. Yeah. And then B, C, D. Yeah. Every gap. Which sounds good on paper until there's one hole. This is and a, then you're going for 80 yards. This but. is a really over-exaggerated defense that the Pats ran against the Rams in the Super Bowl a few years back. Yeah. With the 6-1 uh, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. the 6-1 front. And I think the idea is you either don't let double teams form on zone plays or you just screw up rules on gap scheme stuff. And best case scenario, you get free rushes off the edge. That's what you saw in the first series. And after we figured out what they were doing, you just extend the edges a little bit, and high school kids probably aren't making that play from there. So, yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely. Hor- it, it's good to see that defenses are scared enough of us again to just throw shit against the wall and completely scrap their base defense they've been running for however many weeks. So it, it's good to see we're starting to get feared like that again. You know? Yeah. What was this play? Just a little power action. Yep. Oh, this was the first and 33 after that bullshit touchdown got called back. Mm. Um, kind of what we were just talking about, though. I want to get back to it. So um, every single gap is covered, right? Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Until here, if that center sustains his block. Yeah. You're going for 80 yards. 
Well, you're waiting for a defensive back to come up and make the play, but you can have every gap covered, but... All right, rewind it back again, because I want to give... I mean, not that we need to give Trell credit, but also phenomenal job on his part. So it's, as a center, you're used to making down blocks, blocking back on power to fill in for your pulling guard. You're not used to blocking play side and having to account for the mic. So I'm not really going to bust his balls much on missing that mic block. But I I don't think he missed. I just, just not being su- able to sustain, sustain it. it for another half second. That that's all I'm saying. I yeah. mean that that Mike is coming off and getting stiff armed. It's not like he was in position. I don't want to make it seem like the center missed. Yeah. Just hey, sustain that for another half second. But then again, Trell's a dude. So. But so what Trell did there that I really love yep. is he slow played it, let the blocking develop in front of him, pressed play side into the mess to suck that linebacker in yep. and then as soon as that linebacker got sucked in he hit that backside a gap and was almost off to the races yep well that's power through the rest of this we've all seen yeah bang seen this Dead one body. bang bang tutty keep it moving what do we got here uh just a little zone Kick action there. Back to the tight end side, running away from the fullback. I think he had a hole inside of the tight end, but when you're trail, you ought to do what you want. Here, little mid-zone action with the split block. Can you pause that for a second? I want to go over this one a couple times. Yeah, we're, that's it's happening right now. We'll power through it, but I'll keep no, it. I'm not mad at you. It's just like uh, trail. I'll keep it short I understand he's coached based on the play, you know, where it's supposed to hit, mm-hmm. but how many running backs are going to take this C-gap? Most. Yeah. Most. I'm taking this C gap, watching it on film. That's not where it's supposed to go. Wham. He waits. He trusts his line. Runs it right where it's supposed to be. Nice. He's so good. So, rewind it back one more time. I want to talk a couple things, pause it at the top that people can watch. And here we are. All right. So we line up something we don't do very often. We got tight end and fullback wing alignment, just creating a hell of an edge there. It looks like we're running mid zone left. So everybody's kind of blocking stretch action, except you got your tight end and really your tackle just trying to drive the guys out. You got your fullback scraping back down the line of scrimmage to seal the backside end. It's a nice little wrinkle for us since we run behind the fullback. Like, we run to the fullback so much. It's good to see we got that in the playbook. It's a nice little change-up, change of pace that teams can't just key off on where the fullback is. The center makes a hell of a play, hell of a double team on that um, two lined up over yeah, the left guard. That is a and, weird alignment there. Yeah, very weird alignment. But this is – the center's block is – They have a shade and a two. No, they got a two. Oh, I'm working on the wrong guy. They have yeah. a, like a two and a four. Yeah. Yeah. They got a two and a four. So the center's block here, this is what tells me it's mid-zone, is he's blocking it like he would stretch, where left guard engages, then center comes up, gets hands on, bumps the guard off of him to go up, hey, go to the next level, wraps him, Get some turn sealed away from the play. Perfect execution. And that's teach tape right there. You're telling me the center reaches this two right here? Yeah. 
Okay. Also, Trell's read on this is you want to so you on mid zone. Basically, mid zone is your blocking stretch, but you're saying, "Hey, we're not going to get the edge here, so let's kick the running back's read in one." So instead of trying to get the edge, he's going to press. I don't know at the tight end. You might want to teach him to press C gap first, but. With where he hits it, like you said, it looks like B-gap is his key. You're going to press B-gap, let the defense get stretched and sealed, and then bang it up there for however many yards you can get. So watch the center here. Uh, Look at that. Well, I like the guard helping. Yeah, he he stunned it inside, which helped the guard pass him on to the center. But, yeah, the center still has to be able to reach him there, so good. And this play, good teach, good uh, outside zone rep, and really I can only tell that because of how wide Trell takes his path on – yeah, is read a lot less upfield, very horizontal movement, and then finding the crease, banging it upfield, yeah. and get what you can get. Well, let's see if we can bang this home. What else do we got? Uh, okay, so moving into who we got this week, I'm just gonna let it roll. Yeah, we got Warren's QB, who threw for a million yards on us last year. He was out last week with an injury. Should be back. Honestly, I hope he's back. This kid was fun to watch. This entire game was just so weird in the funnest way possible. You're telling me. I was sick, so I kept waking up and falling asleep, waking up and falling asleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like full of nothing but backyard big boy throws. It looks like he's playing. I mean, that's our coverage is so soft. Soft as in alignment or soft um, as in physicality? Play, playing off of them, not, okay. not physicality. Okay. But just... Yeet. Good that kid's out Good there. That kid's out there playing backyard football, man, and it's just fun to watch. See, we got these huge cushions. They're just going yeah. five, or, five targets. I mean, I don't play, hate it. Rally up, space. make him throw the ball five yards behind the line of scrimmage and rally up and make a tackle. Yeah. The issue I had is when they were doing these, uh, from the little film I was watching of this. Just look at this throw. Should have been an interception, but my God. Uh, that, oh, no, that no, one that was a lot good, better. That one's a good throw. Yeah. He makes some good throws. Like, oh, he's, he, arm talent is. For sure. Ugh. That's a good throw. It's almost criminal how like yeah. How That's not his best throw. But that was a good throw. Little motion across action. Oh, here, just a reverse field like that on basically QB stretch. Kid's an athlete too. Yeah. Like I hope he's getting some offers or something. Does he throw consistently enough to be a college QB? The talent. Like, there. look at the zip on that, that right ball. there. See, that's like one of the ones where it's like you just have a guy wide open in the zone. There's gonna be one, and I talked about it last year, man. I understand, like that. our secondary just wasn't our strong point last year, but yeah, just gets it over the backer behind or in front of the safety, outruns him. He can definitely throw. Huge drop off his back foot there, even. Damn. Takes the hit, delivers a strike. Stands back in there. Foot, off back the back foot, foot, check down. down. A little check down. 
Nothing wrong with checkdowns. We'll take five yards. Look at this. This is just stupid. This one should have been the interception. Yeah, that one should have been the interception. Yeah. Just missed it. And coming up. Come on now. I think it's one of the last ones on his tape. It was a throw I saw last year, and I I know for a fact I talked about it on the podcast. A little corner out. Yeah. Rolling out away from your throwing hand. This might be it. Yeah. Rolling out away from your throwing hand, throwing this high-angle corner on the run. Mm-hmm. He gets his shoulder squared, which yeah. is great. That's the reason he's able to make that throw, but it's still on the run. He doesn't set himself. He doesn't get his feet turned. He's just able to turn his shoulders while on the run, which is impressive. Yep. I'm going to make sure that's all we got, and then we can get out of the film segment and power on through the rest I'll of the show. On. Yep. Um, I got nothing. Yep, that looks like it's all of it. So. All right. So. All right, and let's keep on uh, chugging along. Let's get into the Warren preview. You know, very, very known opponent. Um, just watch the quarterback's highlights. I think he's really the only one to speak of on that. Uh, it's someone we've seen year in, year out. If you want to get to know him more, then go watch all of the other replays on the WHS-TV YouTube channel. You know, what angles you can see on there. Um, I just like, but looking back at last year's game, I forgot how absolutely bonkers that whole game was. Yeah. It seemed like real early in the game that we were just running all over them. They couldn't do anything offensively. We had it in the bag. And it somehow ends up 49-46 coming down to the wire. Just like some of the stats that we rushed for 309 yards on 46 attempts at a cool 6.1 per carry. Meanwhile, they passed for 358 yards. Kid went 21 for 35 and six touchdowns. Like, that's a NFL stat line right there. Yep. I think the biggest thing was we were four for four of uh, red zone scoring opportunities. How many do you think Warren were? I'd say Warren was red zone opportunities. Yeah. Three or seven. Zero for zero. <laughs> Never they made it in the red zone. They didn't get to the Never red zone once. Red zone. Not a once. And mind you, the red zone is 20 yards and in. That shows a lot about both teams. <laughs> yeah. A big eye opener there. That just absolutely bonkers, man. Gave up how many yards? Gave up how many points? Without letting them get in the end zone. Oh. 46. A lot of big plays, boys. A lot of big plays, boys. Okay. So, I guess the only thing I'd really have to say to that is, I feel like this is a game that Coach McConnell, Lino, and the rest of the defensive staff have been probably stewing on a little bit and waiting to uh, waiting to get after is since that their, last year. Is that their worst game? Statistically? Ooh. You think so? Ooh. That's a question right there. A little extra fire? Yeah. Statistically, is that our, I want to say coaching staff, because right. you know, it, you know, it the spans kids. multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. Is, so our, this, is our coaching staff's worst statistical game? That would be since 2017. I mean, East St. Louis put up some points, but. Not that many points. Not that many yards. Mm. I don't know. 
I feel like Canisius, when we played them in 2017, they kind of ran away with it. But that was before our defense really clicked. You know, they didn't yeah. really come together. I'm not counting anything before the St. Vincent, St. Mary game, game yeah. of 2017. Yep. Nothing be- since then. That's our arbitrary starting point. Yep. Might be our worst. No. No, no. Winton Woods. Statistically? Might be. You know what? We can kick that one to the fans. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Let us know what our worst game was. Yeah. Actually, let's not do that. Why not? <laughs> or do. I don't know. The reaction you gave me when I said that was... You know, no, it's just more thinking about it than yeah. shunning it. You know, screw it. Tell us. Right. Yeah. Just, hey. Tell us the worst game ever. <laughs> I don't... Tell us your least favorite coach. I mean, <laughs> I don't care. Is I, I, I don't know. know. Anything I, to get. Anything for the likes, Hank. Anything. For Make the sure likes. to subscribe and comment. Um, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell. Hit that notification. Hit the notification yeah. button so you never miss a video. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely. There's not very many of them. So no, you know, one, the two, or three. It, yeah, the fact that like I could rattle off the. Th- that we could rattle off like yeah. the three off the top of our head. Yep. That really speaks more good than bad. Mm-hmm. And also me asking for that was more of a, I'm too lazy to fact check. Yeah. I'd much rather someone else do it for us. Yep. So, yeah. Um, looking over the, uh, the roster that got put out of the booster club. I don't think we really need to rattle through it. You know, it's just a bunch of, Honestly, it's not a lot of great players technique-wise from mm-hmm. what we've seen. Just, I guess, real quick, we can go over Warren's score or scores against teams that they've played. Got that. So they beat a current two and one Medina thirty-three to ten. Mm. A current Medina's Owen, good. A current zero and three Bookdol. No, I'm sorry. They lost. To a two and one Medina, thirty three ten. Medina's good. I th- yeah. thought I remembered that. Yeah, I gotta look at the uh, gotta look at the L and W boys. Yeah, They're lost, not all wins, boys. Lost to a two and one Medina, thirty three ten. Beat an zero and three Bookdel, fourteen to seven. Bookdel's not great. And lost to a three and zero Hudson, twenty one seven. So take all of that for what you will. You know, Maslin's going to be their biggest game. Circled on the calendar. All the other coach speak and all the other bullshit we can think to say yeah. about it. I mean, like like you said, their quarterback didn't play last week. So that also plays a factor. Yeah. Uh, looking at their roster, we're not going to go through it. Uh, it's a typical Warren team. They have some athletes. Not a lot of technique, like you said. Uh, their offensive line is decent a lot of them go both ways mm-hmm. the kind of surprising thing is that they don't have a lot of size i'd say uh across the board i mean their line's not bad yeah. but i mean like their athletes aren't huge they're athletic it's warren you know you know what to expect with them but they don't have any like humongous playmakers they don't have any guys that shine immediately no one really talk about it's the quarterback quarterback's a guy to watch for sure um actually i think they're running backs let me pull it up I think the running back is worth talking about, actually. Well, you find that the only other thing I saw of note was that their quarterback is also one of their starting corners. Yeah, he plays both ways yeah. as well. 
Uh, the running back's a three-star. He's got some college offers. Uh, Duke, Boston College, Syracuse. I mean, some. I mean, D one offers three-star running back. Uh, so he's worth talking about. Didn't want to just completely glance over it, but I mean, the receivers aren't very big. Bunch of like five ten, one sixty kids. Uh, you know, playing space, shifty, quick. Mm-hmm. You, you know the type. It's Warren. You know, it, so, this we sounds, know what we're getting into. This sounds about like the most stereotypical Warren team that we yeah. can play in. But recently. quarterback can schlang it. We've seen it. Quarterback he, can, he can definitely run it schlang too. it. So, um, I mean, we're assuming he plays this week. Yeah. Right. Um, it wasn't like he had a broken leg. So we're assuming he plays this week. You have to go into it assuming he plays this week, and hopefully he does play this week. But um, that's part. I, I don't know if they win last week without him or not. I didn't watch any of it. But I haven't seen a missing your best player, your quarterback hurts a lot. So yep. Um, hopefully he's back this week, and he he's the star of the show. So, but they do have a running back worth talking about. Yep. So moving on from that, we can get to uh, look at some spreads from all around the area. Let's do that. And then circle back around. Check the spread out for the Mass and Warren game and keep her moving. So what do we got? Okay. Oh, a tough one here. Uh-oh. Um, Avon. Minus three and a half at Avon Lake. Oh, man. Yeah. That's a big rivalry game, I assume. <laughs> uh, you, Week four every year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you... They say you got a big game, you save it for week four. Yeah. That's your big game slot. Ooh, does that taste different than the last one? Um, let's go Avon Lake. Let's start off with a dog. I'm taking Avon. All right. Avon's good. Fitch, minus 14 at Ursuline. Ooh, isn't Ursuline supposed to be good this year? They must be if they're if it's only 14 points for Fitch. Because Fitch has been pounding people. You know what? It's a, it's a close game. Crosstown rivals, more or less. They both lose kids to Hoban. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I take Fitch outright, but give me Ursland. I'm taking Fitch to cover. Fairless at Northwest. Northwest minus four. I'm going to beat the Josh Remark drum again, Northwest. Uh, home team to cover. Yep. Louisville at Hoover. Hoover minus 17. Oh, this has got to be the most Caucasian game on that list. Uh, um, yeah. There's another contender, but uh, yeah. Give me Hoover. Louisville sucks. Yeah, Hoover also got beat by, like, 40 by Mansfield last week. It was close in the first half, then they pulled away. How did he pull away against... I mean, I don't how know. did you let Mansfield pull away? Okay. Hoover's not that uh, sneaky fast. They must not be that s- sneaky technical either, because Mansfield has athletes, right? Yeah. We we know that. Amar yeah. the Star is a st- star. He's, you, he's you a D1 guy. You tee yourself up for it. Why'd you, like, stop? Because I... Didn't want to, like, emphasize he's a superstar. And then it's like, oh, he had, like, two catches for a negative four against us. So, no, I mean, he's he's, pro- he's a D1 a guy, yeah, right? he's a dude. Um, so, I mean, I guess it's possible that 
he could get a couple on over. But I think 17 is a lot. Don't talk me out of this. Give me Hoover. <sighs> Keep her moving. I think Louisville covers. I don't know if who. I'm taking, right. I'm taking Louisville. All right. Uh, Glen Oak at Lake. Lake minus 21. <sighs> Who's that speak more to? I Lake that, or Glen Oak? I think that's a good number. I think it's a little bit of both. I think Lake's better than you think they are. That's probably because I don't think about them at all. Give me Lake. I'm also going to... Ooh, actually, I'm going to take Glen Oak. Are you just fading Hank at this point? No, I'm not fading Hank. I'm taking Glen Oak because I remember it was Fitch Glen Oak last week, right? Yeah. And Fitch did cover, but they also gave up like 17 or something. But did they cover? They did cover. But I think think if they score 14-17 on Fitch, they score 14-17 on Lake. And I don't know if Lake covers if they give up 14-17. Fair enough. So I'm I'm gonna take Glen Oak. Jackson at Green. Green minus three. Ah, there's our contender for mm-hmm. Caucasian North, game of the week. North Maslin versus very North Maslin. Um Give me very North Maslin. At home covering three points. Yep. Paired. Oh, home too? That's easy. Green's at home, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Perry at McKinley. Um, Who do you think's favored? Neither. <laughs> McKinley minus six and a half. Really? Yep. Wow. So McKinley zero and three. You kind of like have your job on the line at this point. Is this at McKinley or at Perry? McKinley. This is at McKinley. No, it's at Hall of Fame Stadium. At Hall of Fame Stadium. Against a Federal League opponent, jobs on the line. This wouldn't be the first time McKinley's dropped the ball against Perry. Give me Perry. Yeah, McKinley was 17-point favorites last week and lost. They were were minus 17? They were minus 17 and lost last week. Holy shit. They didn't lose against the spread. They lost. Yeah. Uh, Skip that one. Bama, 20-and-a-half at Texas. Hook them. Um, so I was listening to a college podcast today. Mm-hmm. Sark is treating this like a high school scrimmage. And Saban is looking for anything the media is saying to use it as fuel for himself and the rest of the team. There's not a number high enough. I wouldn't take Bama. Yeah, so Bama always covers. Yep. Uh, Texas has a first-time starter. Quarterback. They announced uh, what's-his-face, the traitor, Ewers. as their starting quarterback. Hey, he's not a traitor. He got that money. Get the bag, King. I almost feel like we are in the fault for that. Without having any insider, insider information, I kind of blame Ohio State for the Ewers thing. Yeah, because we got a better quarterback in front of him, and you know, I assume we're going to get one behind him, too. Oh, we have a good quarterback coming up. See? The number one. I mean, yours is like the unanimous, was the unanimous number one guy. So is Tate Martell. I don't care about high school rankings. Ah, uh, Tate Martell's. Um, no, but I feel like if we if we tell yours to leave high school early, it's for a reason. So he could get that NIL money, and good for you, King. Did he leave specifically for the money, or did we allow him to come because we thought 
CJ Stroud wasn't whatever. There was a lot of talk about Stroud not being the guy, and they thought Ewers was going to take over. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, we both took Bama. Iowa State at Iowa. Hawkeyes minus three and a half. Hawkeyes. Whatever minus the three under and a half. is. <laughs> whatever the under is, hammer it. I am hammering the under. I'm also hammering the over on the prop bet for the amount of safeties there are in the game. Um, offense looked like the hottest dumpster fire you ever saw. Burning bright. Yeah. A nuclear dumpster fire. Offensive coordinator is the unfireable head coach's son, so that's not changing anytime soon. It's just stuck in the 60s. Give me Iowa State. I'm going Cyclones. Tennessee, minus seven at Pittsburgh. No. <laughs> no, that's it. Tennessee, minus seven at Pittsburgh. That's at, I'm, If I were to put money on this... You Let's go Panthers. Just light it on fire. Oh, you know what? Yeah, mass and connection. Go Pitt. Um, USC, minus nine. Stanford. At Stanford. I haven't heard shit about Stanford. Um, it's because they're out west. USC, Nobody cares about west teams. USC minus nine. USC's in the Big Ten now, right? Or they're going to be? They will be. Go Big Ten. Yeah, Stanford's still smart. Um, Not smart enough to join a real conference. What's his face as the coach there now, right? Yeah, let's go USC. Hawaii, the Rainbow Warriors... Somebody out there, because another I don't want to look it up myself thing. I see they're going by the Rainbow Warriors again. Hey, it's 2022, man. They can go by whatever they want. See, here's the th- I'm not going to do the whole spiel, but <laughs> they were the Rainbow Warriors when I was a kid. Then I feel like they stopped, and they went to just being the Warriors, and now they're back to being the Rainbow Warriors? Okay, so... Somebody it- just correct me, like, am I making this all up? Have they always been the Rainbow Warriors? Have they never been the Ra- I think they're back to being the Rainbow Warriors after a, like, 12, 15-year hiatus. Bernstein Bears or Bernstein Bears? Listen, don't get me into that because I have pictures on my phone of memorabilia that has both on it. Listen, you're talking to the guy who's at the bottom of that rabbit hole, all right? All right, I'll send you the stuff. The tag says Bernstein where, like, the actual product says Bernstein on the same product. For any of you well-adjusted listeners out there who have no fucking clue what we're talking about, look up the don't. Mandela effect. Just don't. Or don't. You, you know what? Your mental health, everything's going to be Actually, better then again, don't look up the Mandela effect. The people effect. that probably don't know about the Mandela effect don't... I remember telling my parents about this. I was like, oh, you know the Mandela effect? And I started explaining it to them. They're like, why is it called the Mandela effect? I was like, oh, because like everybody remembers Mandela dying like in prison. They're like, oh, yeah, it was like a sad thing. He, like, he died in his prison back in the day. I was like... No, he lived. <laughs> like he got out. <laughs> like no, he didn't. <laughs> I.e. Yeah. the Mandela effect. Yeah. Um. Everybody remembers something a very specific way. Uh. Let's see here. Arkansas State at Ohio State minus forty-four. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Whoo. Oh, what even did you did you have an answer for the Michigan one? Did I even say what the spread was? No. <laughs> Hawaii at Michigan. Michigan 51. 
Oh my lord! They're uh, just hoping. Hawaii's hoping Michigan to go out there trying to figure out like, oh, the Rainbow Warriors, the regular Warriors. I don't. Yeah. These guys, they just switch it up. So next thing I know, they cover. Yeah. Hawaii to cover. Arkansas State, yeah, Ohio you know State minus forty four. You know what? You said minus fifty one. If Hawaii gets literally any points on the board, they cover. That's it. <laughs> Give me the Rainbow Warriors. Or the regular Warriors. I don't know. Arkansas State, Ohio State, 44. How long is the receiver out for? I don't know. Oh. Both. I think, I think they originally like said head injury, concussion. couple but then, weeks. But then I think on the broadcast they said leg injury or something. I would say that too if I was trying to get my kid with a concussion to play early. Well, see, that's my whole point. If you're, if on TV, you're, you know, if Ohio <laughs> State's calling it a leg injury, he might be back. You know what? Arkansas State, I'm fairly confident, is not a real school. So give me Ohio State to cover. Hmm. And, uh, I think they're mad about the offense last week, so let's let's go with that. Let's go with the house to cover. Yeah, All right, what's the cover? What's the spread for Maslin? Uh, well, we talked about the coaching staff holding a grudge from last year, wanting to make up for that. Um, I don't know if the bookies know that offense trying to find a rhythm. Ooh, where did I put my football? Maslin minus nineteen. Ooh, no. Minus 28? 28. Was it? That was a second shot in the dark. I think I zoned in a little too well, your much. your first one missed, so... Well, I... I Maslin, minus 28. I zoned in a little too much when... That's at Maslin. Yes. Okay. If you when didn't I, know. When I was talking up, like, how we're going to run up the score on them and keep them from scoring a point. Yep, yep. And you said, you know, the bookies don't know that. I'm like, uh, sounds like it's a little lower than I think. But no, Mass and minus 28. Bookies might not also realize the quarterback was out for a game. Yeah. I'm happy. Or maybe they do. I, maybe the bookies know he's out this game, too. <laughs> <laughs> Probably way better off than we are, so. All right. I am hammering Maslin on that one. Let's see. So, moving on from there, we got some fan questions in. We want to rattle through those real quick. Yeah, before there's, there's we... only two, so might be able to get this over with before our fantasy draft in five minutes, well, which I, might be live on air, so whatever. Could be. Yeah, you can watch it. Uh, hot takes. Week three, defense is wicked. Chase Bond adds another stud to our defense. Slaughter had a nice night. More poise on the field uh, and has improved delivering the ball. Uh, Ardell Banks caught a few passes. Um, I think he's saying that as in... He's had a few not-so-caught passes this year. Here's a big one. The crowd has lost the mojo. Where is the masculine intimidation? So I'm starting with that one right off rip. Uh, I think our crowd, the attendance has been decent for our games this year. The intimidation factor is absolutely gone. Zero, nothing there. You might as well be any other crowd because it's not happening. We've touched upon it last week about... You know why I think our crowd has kind of died down a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but still I'm still waiting for the big moment. You know we haven't had week one, yes, we, but we are down early. Week two we're up so big, like you know there's no big moments. 
Week three, we're up. There's not really any big moments. So you're waiting for that big moment to happen. But with that, our crowd has been lackluster. And it's because we don't really have great chance. And we don't have great chance because they're getting beat beaten to death at the wrong moments and always joining in. Oh, you're telling me in the middle of the national anthem isn't the right moment for a TIG chant? Well, it depends on who you are. Probably not great to start one then. Some people might like doing a TIG chant in the middle of national anthem. You know what I hate about our TIG chant being dead right now? Is against Mansfield was the perfect opportunity for it. It's the T-Y-G-E-R-S Twigers. Yeah. And we had the chance to go out on their field, beat them down, and get a T-I-G-E-R-S chant and loud make, as hell. Make fun of their name while we're mm-hmm. at it. Yeah. And it's been beaten down into the dirt, dragged, curb stomped. It's not good. Spit on, we're in a defecated bad sp- on, lit on fire. Yeah, we're in a bad spot. Can we, like... No TIG chance next week. Not a one. I d- cheer, get loud. Let the dead rest for a little bit before we try and bring it back out of the grave. I think there should just be a rule of thumb. If you try to start chance in the crowd, mm-hmm. you get two shots. If you miss on both of them and no one chimes in, you're done. You don't get a third. Two strikes and you're out. That's it. Yeah. If you're, if you, no one's joining your chant. There's a reason for it. The Maslin fans want to be loud. They want to interrupt the game. They want to have a presence. And if they're not joining your chant, it's a bad chant. Stop it. Just please shut the fuck up. You know who you are. Everyone. That's all. That's all I got. Um, the rest of it, we touched on it. You know, Banks had a couple good catches, had a... One bad drop. One bad drop, one drop that it's one of those, I'll say, hit you in the hands, should have caught it, throw could have been a lot better. The one streaking down the sideline where he came down to... I'm talking about the one that hit him in the face mask. Yeah, no, that's the one I said should have had it. Oh, okay. The, I thought you were tying that no, all up in no, one. No, 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 okay. no, no. Two different throws. I was like, don't you put that on slaughter. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> Bounced off his face mask. Catch that ball, kid. Still same opinion. They'll get it worked out. Yeah. Let let them find a rhythm. Let them find a groove. Yeah, no problem there. Uh, anything else? Yeah, slaughter looked good once we got him in rhythm. Uh, and defense is a bunch of bad men. Defense is bad. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Uh... What's the official story on why Mansfield spells it T-Y instead of T-I? I don't have the answer to that. So if you have it, let it out there. I don't got it. So the official story, according to my ass, is that they wanted to be the Tigers, and they were scared we'd be mad about it. Yeah, I'm guessing there was like a deeper meaning to all of this, is mm. why they wanted to uncover it, and I don't have the answer to that. I'm sorry. They're also orange and brown, because they don't want to be orange and black, so yeah. whatever, screw them. I don't know. The old wives' um, tale I always heard was they wanted to be the Tigers, but they were scared of us, so they were, they're they the Twigers. Whatever. Uh, good crowd size last game. Yeah, I thought it was decent. Yeah, um, it, in, in the crowd, it felt good. Yeah. Who's had a worse record? 
in the last decade? McKinley or Warren? I have no idea. I don't know either. I didn't look it up. I, where do you look that up at? Max Preps? Uh, maybe. I mean, it's not the greatest. Max Preps no. is not always They're correct. very hit or miss. Um, I mean, we if we really wanted to, we could look it up. More or less, I think it's worth talking about. Yeah. Like, just bringing the question up is a bigger thing than actually answering it, I think. So um, let me ask you this one. It, this just popped in my head. Oh, we're missing the draft. Go ahead. We've talked about Warren having a head coach who was a basketball coach that just said, yeah, I'll do it. McKinley's gone through how many head coaches in the last decade? Three? Four? McKinley? Yeah, they've had a few. Would you rather have that constant turnover? Oh, I got Christian McCaffrey again. God dang it. If I would have joined in earlier, there's no oh, way. I just missed my pick. Who, has, who do I got? There's no way I would have drafted him. I got again. Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he was the next guy. Yeah. I got the yardstick of the league throwing my number one pick balls. He threw for 4,500 yards last year. Kirk Cousins is the consummate. Is my quarterback better than him? I I'm just good got spot. the guy <laughs> that has a worse ACL than... <laughs> God dang it. I would have picked anyone but him. Yeah. All right, whatever. We'll snake back around. So, yeah, what would you rather be in, like, a constant state of subpar coaching or constant turnover of the head coach and at least the defensive staff? Because I think Coach B's been there for a while. I know he's a McKinley guy, but I love B to death. He was my OC my senior year. Um, He's been, like, the really only constant there. Um, I think both deserve better. Yeah, his, yeah. All things considered, they deserve better. Because Warren's had talent that was not coached right at all. Mm-hmm. McKinley, I heard stories that what was his name? Watley. Yeah, Watley was just the worst. Absolute worst. So, you don't want to see that from McKinley, right? When you have, like, the third highest, fourth highest paying job in the state, yeah, you should be able to get something better. Um, with Warren, you have talent. You have athletes should be able to find better. You shouldn't just have to make your basketball coach your football coach. Whereas I thought he was a decent basketball coach. Mm-hmm. And then he got put on football and it's like... Uh, but it's like two different sports, you know? And yeah, that's, that's not not the same. So, I mean... I don't know. I It would be interesting to see what their actual records were, though. So Yeah, yeah both deserve better, but life's unfair, then you die. So it doesn't matter what you deserve, it's what yeah. you got. The last aspect of that was uh, the footage from the Mansfield game. The stream mm. was good, and it's online. It's mm. on YouTube, I think. Or Is it up on YouTube? Because I know they're, like, couching all of the replays until December 4th for yeah, some reason. It's, curr- it's currently on YouTube. So, yeah, you can watch it online. It's on YouTube. The, the comment was they wish our games were on YouTube. Because we have them, we ha- we even have them uploaded to YouTube. You're just not allowed to watch them until after the season's over. C.D. Lamb, Devontae Adams, or Aaron Jones? Because I'm not picking Najee Harris. Yeah, take a Najee. Pittsburgh's he, he offensive could, line is a hot 
garbage. Yeah, they are bad. But they are they're gonna just give it to him every time. Uh, yeah, he can be the next Saquon Barkley and like have 18 carries for 34 yards. One of which was a 15-yard tote. C.D. Lamb, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, C.D. or Devontae. That's they have C.D. ranked higher. Yeah, but mm. yeah, give me Aaron Jones. Oh, we're going running back. Yep. Okay. I'm up in two picks, so I'm in a bad spot because I don't like any of these guys right here. So is that the end of the question, or are we just... Yeah, I mean... All right. Just, they wish our games are up on YouTube. Yeah. Which I, I don't... I also wish that. It would make, I don't disagree. It would make... Uh, it would be a lot easier to come to this podcast with information and, you know, talk about the game a little more in depth. Yeah. I watch it as a... Use it like a, you know, kind of a film review experience. So that's all we got for fan questions this week. Yeah, we didn't get too many. I'm still in the, I'm in the same spot you were. C.D. Lamb, Devontae Adams. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Swift, Kamara, Fournette, Kelsey, Mike Evans, Tyree Kill. I'm fading Tyree Kill this early. I don't care what anybody says. Who do you have? Oh, yeah, you got right McCaffrey. Right now I have McCaffrey, which if I would have logged on a half second earlier, I wouldn't have him right now. We got – it's two running back league. Go Kamara or get a receiver. Devontae still no, – I'm about to grab Devontae. But CeeDee Lamb's the clear number one in Dallas, but it's Dallas. Yeah. Go Devontae. Yeah, Don't overthink it. That's what I'm doing. So we're trying to record every Tuesday. Try and get your questions in before then. Send them whatever you want. Yeah. Um, we're going to start doing a question of the week winner. Just show up to our tailgate on Ooh. Friday. Get, yeah. get a free. I forgot about that. Ooh, back to me. Get a free Kamara, novelty. Quartet, Kelsey, Mike Evans. Oh, Kelsey or Evans, dude. They still got Jameis down there. And they got Fournette. Ah, screw it. Let's take Camaro. Why not, right? I got to I gotta grab my list. I, I started writing down a schedule. Yeah. Didn't finalize it, but do you really expect me to come, like, Prepared? Never. Yeah, super prepared. That's not going to happen. Never so, once. It's just not going to happen. So, um, I have a Woo! list. I have a list of multiple teams I kind of like. I got to. I, I got to put it together. You're you're jumping ahead a little bit. Um, so the point of me saying question of the week, I think this week nobody's getting it because we only got two. You know what? No. What? There was a bunch of them on there. This week. You said we only got two. Oh, question. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. I thought you meant like replies. No, no, no. The... Question of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you're jumping you. ahead a little bit. My bad. I, th- um, I, thought you were, I thought you meant. Okay. You know what? No, I like I liked Sig's rant. Sig, come on up to our tailgate on Friday. Get a little. Uh, you got the question of the week. Get a little koozie. He's been consistent. Yeah. Custom made by Rob. Does that mean I have to make one yes. this week? All yeah. right. Yeah, you Fine. do. Uh, da, 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 da. So. It's really just going to be an arbitrary what's the best question we get, what piques our interest, what gets me going. I would say, yeah, so I, I say all that because Max gets our last week's question of the week. What would be your ideal Maslin schedule? And it's all right. You know, everybody, you're all fighting for second place because I got the best one. But a, 
My favorite one. We got a bunch of replies to that. He's been super confident about this, too. He told me, like, last Wednesday <laughs> that he has the best answer. Although I did want to touch on my favorite one that we got sent in, which was week one, open with Jackson, then Perry, then Green, so a nice little run through the Fed. Then Iggy, followed by Eds. Nice little two-game stretch right there. Hoover, Glen Oak, Warren. Week nine, Hoban, which is just a wild move. Yeah, I don't like that. And then McKinley. Uh, just, whew, I don't hate the teams on there, but let's maybe order them in a way, kind of spread out those parochial schools and like don't give us Hoban directly before <laughs> McKinley. Um, other than that, love it. So, yeah. let me see where I'm at in this draft here. Uh, you got. Oh, you're up next, right? Uh, I'm two picks from now. Okay. Mine says I'm two picks from now. One, two. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. It. Then you got a break. Yep, the, got the it. The Yahoo app is weird. It looks weird, but yeah, go ahead. So. My ideal Maslin schedule, as soon as I pull it up here on my phone, week one, open with Perry. You know, they're not... McKinley's our rival. Like, you have one rivalry game, and that's McKinley. But Perry, backyard, little brother, a lot of hate between the communities. Yeah. At least on the field. Love it. I originally wanted to pencil in Glen Oak, but only if I could get, like, the 2010 through 2014 Glen Oak team. Where the total point You're differential is mass on minus four, mass on plus four. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. On the fly operation. Boys. Yeah, on the fly operation, boys. Take your boy T Higgins. Is he on there? Ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah, far and away. Got my boy T. All right, there All you right. go. So you're good. So, and I know a couple weeks ago I talked about you want your week one opener to be the like a strong punch in the mouth, see where you're at. But since we have one less week of preseason now, thanks, OSHA, Perry, treat them like your dress rehearsal. I think the talent disparity there, besides everything else, is like pretty big. So that's a dress rehearsal. Week two is your mentor, Ed's pick central type team. You know, your perennial D1 D2 state champs. Really see where you're at. That's going to be your punch-in-the-mouth game. Week three, Warren, home-and-home. Second longest opponent in Madison history. Week four is the local carousel. Glen Oak, Hoover, Jackson, Green, Lake, Louisville. I want like, keep them rotating year in, year out. Always at home, though. Week five, Steubenville. Get them back on the schedule. Nice little home-and-home action. Love their stadium, the whole atmosphere of it, even though it sucks playing there, being on the field. It's just a great overall high school football atmosphere. Week six, Iggy, you know, how much can you play that opponent like Steubenville and then follow it up with a team like Iggy, especially with all the history between us? Week seven, I got us penciled in. Who are you thinking? Keenan Allen. Terry McLaurin. Ooh. Scary Terry, man. I know Scary Terry, but, like, their situation isn't great. Whereas the Chargers offense, and in that division, they're going to have to put up a lot of points. 
but Keenan's injury history. I was going to say, you talked about McCaffrey's ACL. Do I want, you want do two I want, bad ACLs on your team? Do I want Keenan Allen and McCaffrey on the same team? Oh, that's tough. Ah, screw it. We'll take Keenan. Go ahead. There you go. All right. Uh, let me know when I'm up. You're up next. So, week seven, right after Iggy, I, I want the historic Maslin opponents. I know Fitch is a more recent historic opponent, but Fitch, Barberton, Alliance, Mansfield. That same thing as week four. I mean, naming off like 30 different teams is like. I want them on a carousel, every one of them, all away. Go in. How can you handle like coming off two strong weeks? How can you handle going into enemy territory where you are the game that they have circled on your schedule more so than anybody else? After that, give me like a like a high tier two school, you know, one that's going to top out like maybe makes a state championship game, but their floor is like getting their shit pushed in the final four. You know, a Toledo Central Catholic type. That's exactly who I had in mind for that one. Week nine, give me an Akron directional school or. If they make a comeback, for the love of God, put them in here. Give me Bishop Sycamore. (laughs) Perfect week nine game. Okay. And then week 10, obviously McKinley, home and home. All right. Who you got? I wish I would have had five more minutes to work on this. But um, if I knew we are just allowed to yell out concepts rather than teams, I would have made this easier. Oh, God. It's my turn. Um. Yeah, I'm not going Zeke. Sorry. Uh, I don't really like... Mitchell. Yeah. They're committed to the run. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, out of that list. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'm up in nine picks. We're good. Uh, let's see here. So, I have uh, McKinley at week 10. If you... Uh, oh. Real, real reach for that one, huh? Yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. So I have, I have a bunch of teams that I like to play, but I didn't have them super ordered. <laughs> all right, so we're back. Who you got week nine? All right, I'm not working backwards. Working from the beginning, I I want to start off kind of easy. Week one. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking uh, in general, some of the teams I have on here, Bookdale, Dover, New Philly. I was Wadsworth, looking at like Dover and New Philly. I was looking down Barberton, there too. Maybe not. So like week one, let's say week one. Let's go. Let's go. Ooh, Dover, New Philly. Flip a coin. Uh, Give me New Philly. Uh, New Philly week one. Wait, how many games do they play? All right, so let's go ten. New. <sighs> Thank you for that. Not what I meant, but I understand. Audio only. That's all I said. New Philly, week one. Let's just keep it. Let's keep going to week two. Okay. I was going to, since they're always two, let's keep them two. Yeah. Glen Oak, week two. Jackson, week three. Cupcake, cupcake, cupcake. Okay. Perry, week four. Oh, so you just like don't want to find out who we are ever? No, but they're in the feds, and they have. I think the feds' schedule starts the back like five games, back six games. Uh, so if it's out of it. conference, they have to play early. 
Got it. So, like, if you're going to play a Fed school, it has to be early. That That's the reasoning for it. It's not because I want to play Cupcakes early. But I want to play Jackson. I want to play Perry. I want to play Glen Oaks. Even though, like, out of those, I Glen Oaks the one I'd kick. Listen, this is your... Just because I- we play them more. This is your ideal Madison schedule. You don't have to take anybody else into account. New Philly. Oh, we're not counting for how the Fed is set up? No. Well, you can't schedule them if they can't... All right, whatever. Uh, in that case, I'm going to... That would change up the order. It's your ideal Madison schedule, not your ideal Fed schedule. Okay, whatever. In that case, let's go New Philly, Jackson. Oh, man, I don't like any of these picks. Valdosta. Oh, you want to play Valdosta, huh? It's Valdosta. The way you say it. The way people in Valdosta say it. I'm not from there. Oh, this is nothing. I think uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start the run on QBs early. I'm taking Lamar. Do what you got to do. Uh, Valdosta week three. The juice is loose. Oh, we can't go with that back to back. That's not happening. <laughs> Who else do I got on here? Warren, week four. Come on, talk it out, bub. Wadsworth? Ooh, I like Wadsworth. That's five. Mm-hmm. Mentor? Six? So Mentor's the... Week six is when, it, when you want to find out who we are. Got it. Steubenville, week seven? Okay, good. Nice, strong, back-to-back. Also, I think you're up. Mansfield or Barberton, which one? Barberton. They made it seem like I got a week nine, and I don't. Uh, Barberton. Book to McKinley. All right. I like it. I like it. Also, we talked about it, and he tweeted us the reason. When Max put Ashland on there, I totally galaxy-brained it like two days later. I'm like, I was look, you know, looking through the schedules, past opponents and stuff, and like, Ashland, why would it... Oh, we played them in the playoffs. Oh, that was a five-wide team. Oh, Max wants us to see, like, a five-wide team. You know, who are you going to see in in the playoffs or, like, what kind of different offenses and stuff? No, he just wanted a farther, a slightly more distant opponent that would uh, actually play us. So, yeah, those are our, our ideal schedules. If you didn't get yours in, if you don't like ours, let us know. Hit us up on the socials. That's uh, about all I got tonight. Seems like we're both pretty heavily invested in this fantasy draft now. Yeah, we both missed our first picks. I got two seconds left. Ah! And he went with Brees Hall, the running back from... No, server draft error. He didn't let me pick my guy. We're going to find out what kind of fantasy player you are real quick. You you better be working that waiver wire because that's... uh, you're not in a great spot. I mean, it was the number one guy on their board, so it's not like it picked some random guy, but now it's back on my turn. God dang it. Um, Who do I have already? I have two running backs, three receivers, a flex. All right, let's get your pick in and get out of here, huh? All right. Uh, I mean, is it is it too early to just grab a Patty Mahomes? 
I don't think so. I'm already down to one flex. I could grab a tight end. They're all available. Waller and Kittle are both there. In your spot, I would go Kittle. Or do I take a quarterback? I think the quarterbacks will be there. I always push quarterbacks off to the end because they're quarterbacks, and I'll just grab one, but I always forget that this is a two-quarterback league. Yeah. This is a fun league. You have, like, five receivers, two running backs, quarterback, D-lineman, linebacker, safety, corner. Yeah, one of each position group on defense. It is fun. Man, do I just snag a tight end or go? I'm, I'm going quarterback. Screw it. All right. I got it. So There you go. I tried. Yeah, he is trying for the most part. Reigning champ. It's good you finally Raining got on, champ. It's good you finally got on the podium. Yeah, it was my first one. Really? My first fantasy one ever. Wow. In any league. I don't play a lot of leagues, but my first one ever. I think last year was like my third or fourth, so you know, it's nice that you finally get to start filling up that mantle. Um I guess with that, we'll get out of here, finish up this draft so people don't have to listen to us ramble incoherently about it for the next two hours. Go Tigers. Beat Warren. Beat Warren. <laughs>